Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, welcome to Let's Talk Tribe. This is episode eight. Um, since last time we talked, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, sort of a rough week for the Indians. Last week was horrible. Um, last week when I had the podcast, it was just after that brutal sweep, four games at the, to the Tigers. It really ended the AL Central race. And uh, the Indians then lost their first couple of games to the Angels and were losing again on Sunday. And I was about ready to call it a season. And they, they mounted a comeback, which was nice. And uh, then faced the Twins for three games, a team that they should be beating, and promptly lost the first game. Uh, but bounced back to win the second one. And then a big comeback yesterday, uh, Wednesday, uh, to salvage that series and uh, keep them squarely in the wild card race. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't say I'm optimistic, but they're, they're certainly still in it. And before the season started, you had offered me this situation of a quarter of the season left and they're three and a half games out of a wild card spot. I would have taken it. Um, so I guess maybe maybe I am optimistic. Anyway, they've got a big series coming up this weekend. I guess they're all big at this point, but they're they're playing Oakland who's holding on to that second wild card spot right now. So the team they need to catch or one of the teams they need to catch. And uh, so big series for the A's too, but I think especially for the Indians being the team that's behind. And so to talk about the A's and talk about that series and the wild card race in general, my guest this week is the, uh, he runs Beanball, which is the A's blog on ESPN Sweet Spot Network. He also hosts the Back of the Bullpen podcast, and uh, he's a Jason, so I know he's good people. Uh, Jason, I I know I'm going to get his last name wrong, but he refused to pronounce it for me, so my guest this week is Jason Wojcikowski. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks. How are you doing, other Jason? Jason number Um, one, I guess, since you're the host. (laughs) I'm doing pretty well. like I said, it's been kind of an up and down week for the Indians, but they won their last couple of games. And uh, outside of the Indians, my week is going well. Although I'm, I'm I'm a teacher and I'm down to my last few days of summer, so I'm to, trying to cram in as much fun as I can. I remember that I I, I taught for for two years, and I definitely remember uh, you know the summer ending feeling and kind of wanting to just you know, go into one of the unused subway tunnels in New York and just live there. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. My, I, I teach elementary school, so I have fourth and fifth graders, so they're about 10 years old. And I think they have the impression that, like, being a teacher is my entire life. And, and oh, you must be mad because the school year is ending. And it's like, no, you fools. I Summer means more to me than it does to you. School year is <laughs> way harder for a teacher than a kid. So yeah, I, I you know I'm not dreading going back, but I wouldn't mind another week or two. Um, how about you? How are you feeling uh, specific? Actually, before before we get into the season, uh, so I ask, how and when did you become a baseball fan? I, I, I'm always interested to hear that from anyone. I actually have no idea. I my family <laughs> are were not um, sports fans in terms of like watching on TV. I think it might right. have just been that my mom signed me up for little league, uh, and so I was playing, and then at some point I decided to start watching because I was playing, 
and it it kind of went from there. That, but like, I don't remember. I don't have any memory it, to, to the extent that I have any sort of um, you know sports on TV uh, history in my family. It's watching football with my uncles. Um, and, and apparently, you know, sort of yelling because they were yelling and, uh, you know, I'm like one and a half or something. And so I'm just yelling cause but he's yelling, but, uh, baseball, I mean, there's some baseball fans in my family, but I, I'm definitely, uh, the biggest baseball fan in my family. So I, I'm not you, entirely sure how that happened. Did you grow up in a place where Oakland was just sort of the local team then? No, I grew up in the Monterey area, um, mostly and in, in California and, um, it is, I mean, you know, all of Northern California is sort of split between the Giants and the A's, but I, I feel like there were more Giants fans around that I grew up with than A's fans. Uh, Monterey is, uh, according to Bud Selig, Giants territory. So, um, you know, if you're going by the by the by the rules of the TV markets, um, the Giants are the team, but. I and, and I don't have any. I, it was around '89 in the world in the Giants A's World Series that I right. kind of picked the A's, and I think it was really just a matter of liking Mark McGuire more than I liked Will Clark. I, I, honestly, I think that's <laughs> what it came down to. Well, I think it's funny you, you mentioned just playing little league. Um, my da- I grew up in Chicago, and my dad took me to games at Comiskey and Wrigley, but he didn't he didn't care. Uh, you know, he had played baseball growing up, but he didn't follow it on his own. And uh, when I was six years old, I started playing Little League. It was T-ball. And the T-ball team I got put on was named the Indians. Uh, and that just sort of stuck for me. And it's funny to think, you know, I, I don't know. I have no idea how they determine what T-ball team a six-year-old should be on. But I could have been placed on any number of teams and probably would have become a fan of them. Uh but yeah, I mean, I think once once you're you're at that age, if you're playing baseball, you wanna. I think most kids want to get more involved in it. Um, and it sounds I like we became fans. That little league teams should. Sorry, is, is the yeah. little league teams should be named after the the Japanese and and Korean league teams, and so <laughs> kids would just grow up being fans of the the Nippon Ham Fighters. Um, That's a good idea. I've actually got a Hiroshima Carp T-shirt on right now, so I guess that's my Japanese team. <laughs> Go Carp! If I ever make it over there. Um, all right. Well, so back to this season. How are you feeling about the A's 2013? Uh, pretty, pretty similar to the way you feel about the Indians, because I, I thought that the A's were like an 80 to 85. 85, like on the high end, win team. Sure. And so for them to be sitting in the second wild card, uh, two, I think, games back of the Rangers um, yeah. is, is you know, definitely, I, I think that's, uh, it's, it's well above expectations. And so now, um, unfortunately, I'm at the point where they've been so so they were so good for about a two-month period, and they kind of slacked off a little bit in the last couple of weeks, or, or really since the All-Star break. Um, but they were so good that at this point, if they miss the playoffs, it's going to be disappointing. It's, you know, even if they win 89 games and they only finish a game out of the second wild card, I'm going to be disappointed. Um, I'm not going to be able to consider it a victory because they're at their, you know, they're in the playoffs right now, uh, or in the, right. the quasi playoffs right now. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think that's you're right. I mean, the, the A's were what in first by like five games or something a couple of weeks ago, I think. And 
Yeah, I don't remember yeah, how big the lead got, but it was not just a game. It was definitely a couple of games. Right. Yeah, and then you do. You sort of like, all right, I guess this is a good team, and and they ought to make the playoffs at this point, and then things go south. And, you know, I was out of the country recently for a couple of weeks, and uh, twice while I was gone, I was able to check baseball score, basically just to look at the standings for a minute. And the Indians were doing really, really well. And so, you know, other side of the world, I was getting my hopes way up. And then I came back right in time to you know, totally fall apart against Detroit. Uh, and it's the same thing. Like, you know, before the season started, like you said, 80, 85 wins. And they're on pace to win more than that. Uh, but now they're, if they win 87 games and miss the playoffs, I will be sort of disappointed. Um, so are you, you, I mean, only two games back, the division title still got to be kind of the main focus for you or the big goal. How do you feel about the second wild card? Do you like that they added it or do you hate the, you know, one and done nature of the game now? What, what's your take on that? I'm not a big fan of a one game quote-unquote playoff, or I guess you'd have to do call it a play. I guess it is a playoff, but I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, that's, I mean, it, that said, when you're talking about the two wild card teams, it's hard to argue that there's some sort of injustice. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I don't love continued expansion of the playoffs. I don't like, you know, I mean, I like the NBA. I follow the NBA, but I, I'm not a huge fan of, of these, you know, these six seeds that are just never going to get anywhere. They're pretty much right. there just to make it make the playoffs a month and a half long. Um, and I'm kind of afraid that at some point the wild card play-in game is going to be a three-game, uh, is going to expand to a three-game series. Right. And then maybe a five-game series. And, and so, you know, at some point it just, it, you know, and then they're like, well, wait, if it's a five-game series, you should probably have it be a full playoffs. And then you're looking at, like, <laughs> six teams or eight teams or – you know who knows, and um, I, I think uh, I'm not I'm not a sort of purist in the sense that I think there's any value in crowning the the end the champion. You know, the World Series has to go to or, or should I, I don't think there's any value in maximizing the chance that the best team wins the World Series. Um, I'm completely fine with the playoffs being a whole separate thing, um, and I kind right. of wish that. And I think this was a conversation on on the internet a couple of months ago, or maybe at last year in the playoffs. That I wish that there were more recognition for regular season winners. Yes. You know that 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 sort of got you something that people really remembered. Oh, the Red Sox, they won 108 games that year. They were right. great. Now only anybody only remembers the World Series winners, but if you could bifurcate it, then I'd be completely happy to let anybody into the playoffs you want and just have a giant tournament. But um as it stands, I I kind of like that baseball is the only sport with a relatively small playoffs. Um right. and you know, as it becomes more like football or basketball, it loses some of what makes it um, different from those sports. Yeah, I mean, while I was in Tanzania, uh, I was I spent about three days with a group that included three guys from London, or the London, I don't know, somewhere in England anyway. And, uh, you know, the Premier League for, for soccer over there, which is a huge deal, there's no playoffs. There's just the regular season, and whichever team has the best record – at the end of that, that's the champion. And so we, we were talking about that, you know, idea of, oh, gosh, you play this whole season and then you kind of throw it all out the window and anyone can win again. And, uh, you know, when you look at it that way, it does seem sort of ridiculous. 
I don't want to get rid of the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you in that. I, I think regular season accomplishments deserve more attention. You know, I think a division title should be celebrated because otherwise you've got 30 teams and only one of them is supposed to be viewed as having had a successful season. That seems like a, that's a bummer. Right. Every, everybody's season ends on a down note except for, except for one, uh, which is, there should be various degrees of, of positives that everybody should be able to, not everybody, White Sox fans, you know, they don't have any reason to feel good about this year, and there should not be a system in which they have any reason to feel good about this year. But, yeah, I think there's room for, you know, for six division champions all to be recognized as having accomplished something. So let's say that the A's fall out of it. Uh, are you, will you avidly still follow the playoffs if they're not involved or does your interest wane if your team is out? Yeah. I mean, I have, I, I realistically do not get to watch that much baseball. It's kind of a struggle to, to make sure I can watch um, as much of the A's as I can. Um, just, right. you know, the practicalities of working, <laughs> um, as adults sure. do, but, yeah. um, but I, no, I definitely still follow it. I definitely still, um, care. I, I tend to, I tend to sort of pick, uh, rooting interests, not, not, you know, hardcore and, and they're often based on ridiculous things like, you know, I like the way that David Ortiz's belly shakes when he laughs, so I'll root for the Red Sox. <laughs> um, like, you know, but, but it, it I, I do, t- um, you know, take sort of mild interest in uh, who wins, and and I definitely try to watch as much as I can. Uh, right. and, you know, the the alternative being football that I I sort of quit watching. Um, I don't know, three or four years ago, I just kind of stopped watching the NFL, so I don't really have that that conflict. Where it's like, oh, it's Sunday, and there's there's baseball, and there's football, and there's no football. Right. Football doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I used to follow football a lot more than I do now. And I think, as you said, you, as an adult with a proper job and other responsibilities, you have to start to kind of cut loose some of the interests you had when you were younger in football, something that's just sort of fallen by the wayside. Like, you know, I can still watch a game if I'm around, but I'm not ever building my schedule around watching football anymore. Are, are yeah, there any teams you are there any teams you, no, you sorry, can't bring in? Do you have least favorite teams? Like, I, I mean, I sort of the cliche Yankee hater. I can't stand the Yankees. Um, I don't I don't particularly like the Angels. Um, and, you know, I do have some friends who are Angels fans, and so that makes me feel bad because they're not bad people. But I can't – I just can't really root for – at some point along the line, it, it's kind of stereotypical. Lots of A's fans don't like the Angels, and they don't like Mike Sosha, and there's a lot of things that a lot of um, A's fans don't like about the Angels. And I, over time, it took me longer to get there, but I did get there, and I don't, I don't really like them. Um, I've been to their ballpark. Everybody there is perfectly – pleasant and nice regardless of what hat you're wearing and uh it's a very nice family atmosphere there but i yeah i would not root for the angels in the playoffs um i think regardless of who they were playing well you won't have to worry about that this year much to my surprise i'm i'm pretty i don't remember for sure i'm pretty sure i picked them to win the world series before the season started so that's looking like a successful choice 
I think I make sure to make my picks like, you know, any, any group that I'm part of that wants to do like a group, you know, uh, predictions, you know, blog posts or whatever. I make sure to get it in like six hours after the deadline. That way I can say that I made picks that I didn't wimp out, but you know, they never get published. Um, so nobody can, nobody can hold me to them. <laughs> um, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about a little bit about at least was, uh, you know, Oakland is one of the sort of small market teams, both in terms of being particularly small market, I think, or at least that's the perception, uh, but also being pretty successful uh, in that situation. Do you find it frustrating that they don't have the resources that some of their rivals have? I've I've um, managed to kind of divorce myself from that that whole thing. I mean, there was definitely a time um, in my fandom that I rooted for more revenue sharing and um, wanted really desperately for the A's to get a new stadium and, you know, would hope that they would go to San Jose. I mean, but like, this is not with San Jose now. This is with San Jose, I don't know, 10 years ago. I don't even know if San Jose was on the table, but, um, you know, somewhere better for them than Oakland, or if they're going to stay in Oakland, a, you know, a nice downtown park and, uh, you know, whatever. But at this point, I kind of stopped caring. Um, I think it's uh, it's another thing that, you know, baseball is the last sport without a salary cap um, of the of the sort of four major American sports. And there's a luxury tax, but it's not anywhere near um, the level of, of football and basketball. Yeah, and, not nearly as yeah, restrictive. Right. Um particularly football, I guess. Um basketball is is even reasonably um I don't know what's the word. You can get around it pretty easily if you're willing to, you know, spend millions of dollars just right. giving them to the league giving it to the league. But um I don't know, there's something sort of charming about about teams like the A's and, and Kansas City and, and Cleveland and, you know, teams in smaller cities without um, – I mean, the A's aren't actually. That's the thing. The A's are in the Bay Area, which is enormous. Um, but right. they are definitely the sort of weaker sibling um, compared to San Francisco, compared to, you know, uh, and the affluence of their area and the surrounding sure. areas. Um so it's it's they absolutely have financial hardship, even though they're not you know the, the Bay Area is much bigger than Kansas City Metro, for instance, um, or Minnesota or Minneapolis Metro. Um, but it's it's I've been able to take a sort of uh, you know oh it's kind of neat <laughs> perspective um, on on that, which is probably just sticking my head in the sand. Um, but <laughs> I, it's. It, I feel like it serves me better as a fan than um, kind of the, the sort of daily railing at the injustice of it all that I used right. to do. Yeah, I think the ranting and raving, you're right. It doesn't serve. I, I, for me, I think cheering for a team without those resources, the success is more satisfying because you can feel like, oh, we did it even without all of that. But the trick is you still have to have enough success. And I feel like the A's, it's been a while since the A's had a legitimately bad team. I feel like even in the off years, they've been winning, you know, 75, 76 games. And they've made the playoffs, what, like five or six times in the last 10 or 12 years? Yeah, there was, there was a run of 
four in a row and five out of six, and then and then there was kind of a dry spell for for five years or so before last year. Yeah, I feel you know like again taking a long enough view to look at say ten or twelve years. I mean, other than Yankees, Red Sox, maybe the Cardinals, it's probably about as much success as anyone has had. Um, whereas you know the Indians have made the playoffs once in the last. 12 years and it's been six years now. So I'm trying to keep the ranting. I mean, I don't rant and rave about it because <laughs> what are you going to do? But I do find my frustration with it rising. It was nice to see though, you know, the Indians went out and got Swisher and Bourne last off season. Um, you know, they've got their highest payroll they've had in a while. So this season, uh, you know, they're, they're spending a little bit more like an average team, which has been nice. We'll see what comes of it. Is that they're, they're they're in it, you know. It's not like the the I don't know the Rays in the division with the Yankees. They're in the division with Detroit, which is a city right. which is bankrupt. <laughs> like the the power in that division ought to be the White Sox, and it's it's yeah. uh, it's pretty it's pretty crummy that 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 the White Sox are this bad, um, given the resources. I mean, you could say the same. I guess the Yankees are are. Um, I mean, of course, the Yankees aren't awful like the White Sox are. They're just sort of falling short in that division. Well, and the thing um, with the White short. Sox, though, there's there's no reason for you to know this, but the White Sox talk about a team that hasn't been legitimately bad for a long time since they switched over. I think what year was it that they switched 94, 90, I think 94, they switched to three divisions. The White Sox have never finished in last place before. They've only finished in fourth place once. Like, you know, they don't make the playoffs every year. They've just sort of been, an, they've been an 80, 85 win team for a lot of years. And, you know, they got a world series in there and flags fly forever and all that. Um, but yeah, I think they just delayed a rebuild for too long, and by delaying it, now it's going to be especially painful now when they have to go through it. Their farm system, living in Chicago, I have a pretty good sense of of where they're at, and their farm systems not prepared to restock them anytime soon. But yeah, yeah the, the Tigers are the only they're, they're, team spending, right? And they only uh, spend because the, the, the they White have a, can... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, do they have they have an owner who's who's going to die at some point in the next? The Tigers. <laughs> and he wants a World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got that sweet, sweet little Caesars money. Yeah, I think I think I joked on Twitter the other day that it feels like we've been talking for a decade now about how the Tigers are going all out because they want to get one win for Mike Illich, and and I kind of want him to hang on for like 15 more years. And every year we're like the Tigers are going all out this year because they want to get one for Illich, and Illich just keeps hanging on, keeps sitting in his box with the blankets over his legs. That's him, right? Who like every time they show him, he just looks older and frailer. And I want him to just hang in there. I want him to to, to you know live to a hundred. Um, but every year it's like win 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 it for Illich, win it for yeah. I don't well, what know I think, what I wonder, about. let's say, I mean they they've got as good a shot as anyone right now of winning this year. And if they win it, does he really just want one world? Like, is he? Are there going to be massive cuts if they win the World Series because he got the World Series? <laughs> right. Like. Miguel Cabrera, you're out of here. Verlander, hit the bricks. Or it's going to be like the, yeah, I I don't know if it actually happened, but it's going to be those, you know, the the Red Sox fans who who just hung on and then died the day after they won the World Series (laughs) or whatever. But I don't, I don't see, and he's a billionaire. I don't know if he's a billionaire. He's at least a, you know, nine figure. 
And so he, he can have four or five doctors on staff keeping him alive for as long as he wants to be alive. <laughs> but the White Sox, I, the, the, the interesting comparison to me is to the Phillies because um, the Phillies traded away a lot of good prospects. You see, like, Jared Kosart came up recently for the Astros. Right. He was a Phillies guy. Yeah. To, to, to build that team into a winner, and, and they did build that team into a winner. The White Sox just seem to have not drafted anybody good for, like, five years. Like, yeah. regardless of where they've been picking, it just seems like they had, haven't put talent into the system. And the Phillies, for a while, sort of put talent into the system and then traded it away to get talent at the major league level. And even now, the bad these bad Phillies, they have Dominic Brown, who is a homegrown guy. And, and right. the White Sox do not seem to be able to match that. And it's it's really unclear why they've been so bad at this. And, and it's, you know, everybody's known that their system is awful for at least two, maybe three years now. Um, and it, it's not clear that it's getting any better. Um, right. And it's really, it's not even like, oh, they have to they have to sell their, their veterans or they have to do this or that. It's really, they, just, they kind of just have to draft better, right? They, yeah, they need a lot of work, which is good, because like you said, in theory, they're the big spender in the division, but they should be down for a while. The Royals, I don't know, they're the Royals. I They'll do something <laughs> dumb, I'm sure. The Twins are the team in the Central that looks like they're on the rise. Their farm system looks pretty impressive right now. And the Indians, talk about a team that needs to draft, but the Indians haven't drafted well either. They've traded really well. I mean, Carlos Santana, uh, Shinsu Chu, Azrubal Cabrera. I mean, a lot of their their best players of the last five years are guys. They, I mean, they traded Casey Blake for Carlos Santana. Um, a lot of deals like that. So their front office has done a really good job of working trades. Um, and the the hope is that they're drafting better. Kipnis was a second round pick a couple of years ago, and he's turned into a really good player. And uh, so there's hope that some sort of corner's been turned. But yeah, if, if you don't haven't have a lot done, of money, you... sorry. I was gonna say, haven't they done pretty well internationally? It seems like the 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 big Indians prospects that I hear about are all Dominican or. Um, from yeah, from they, other places. It kind of seems like they're doing well uh, in that market. Right. Their farm system is sort of stocked with middle of the the field guys. They've got a lot of good catchers, a lot of you know good shortstop, second base types, which is nice. Uh, but they they have like nothing in the way of power coming up, and the pitching. Uh, Danny Salazar came up recently, and he's he looks great. Uh, Trevor Bauer, who you know they traded for, has been a mess this year. And but they don't they don't have much pitching on the way. They don't have much power on the way. Um, so we'll see. They're they're they're. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I, I have a hard time thinking about their drafting too much. Um, but it, it's it hasn't been good. And in a small market without a lot of money, that's a big potential gain to be wasting. Well, speaking speaking of of the I, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, the, the, the A's, um, I was looking at this a couple of weeks ago, the A's have exactly two players on their 25-man roster who they drafted and developed or signed internationally and developed. Two out of the 25. that Everybody else was traded for, um, either as major or minor leaguers, or um, was signed as a free agent, or and this is not how you think of the A's. That's not the you know that's not the A's of, of Moneyball. What's that? Yeah, I'm so, you're right. It is surprise. I'm surprised to hear it because it's not the way you think of the A's. 
Yeah, so I don't know if that's any if that's any comfort. <laughs> Even the A's aren't 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 drafting well anymore. Um, well, coming back to the Indians, since at least some of my listeners will want to hear about them, uh, I say Cleveland Indians. What pops to mind for you, past or present? Uh, currently, it's Jason Giambi. Um, you know, as an XA, as a Jason, uh, um, I and I sort of love that he's got to be like forty-eight years old. Um, I know yep. he's not actually that old, but his face looks that old, and like he refuses to shave, so he's got this like gray beard. <laughs> um, and so I kind of love that that Giambi is on this team, still hanging on. And is he like the starting DH right now? Is he a platoon DH? Yeah, is he a pinch hitter. Somewhere between platoon and starting DH. Uh, I'd say he's the regular DH who gets more time off than a normal DH does. Uh, And he's an impressive thing for... Yeah. You know, he's been, I wouldn't say having a good season, but not a bad season, particularly, you know, given his... Him being... 48 years old. Uh, yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise. And, you know, it, at least supposedly he's great in the clubhouse and that kind of stuff and a good presence. Uh, I mean, I think if he wasn't, the only reason he's playing for the Indians is he didn't quite get the Rockies managing job. I think he was really close to being the Rockies manager this year. And when that didn't work out, the Indians were like, oh, come, come be our designated hitter instead. The Rockies were choosing between Giambi, uh, present, you know, at that time, present pinch hitter, and Walt Weiss, present high school coach, if I remember right. And they went with Weiss. <laughs> and it's like those are, your, those, are, those are who we're choosing as managers now. And I, I kind of feel bad for, um, you know, the, the sort of baseball lifer types, you know, the the, the, the the double A manager to triple A manager to major league bench coach and then they you know and then they're they're there getting hired because um just like general managers and are, are they're being hired younger and younger. I feel like there's gonna be a movement right. toward that maybe with managers too. Robin Ventura is an, an example. Yeah. I mean he was Mike um, I mean he's not as young but um but he's around the age of Weiss and, and he didn't I don't think he like you know, worked his way. He didn't retire as a minor league player like a lot of, um, you know, like like. Uh, right. I don't. I don't know that Bob. I guess Bob Melvin on the A's uh, did did play some in the majors, but you know, it's it, less maybe less and less of this sort of scrubs who then become coaches at 28 and you know work 20 years and, and finally get their right. shot. Um, it might be a, a slightly a slight shift in that, and maybe that's because. You want guys who can work with the stats people in the front office. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know either. But I feel bad for those guys no, who he, get caught in the Yeah, I mean, he's worked out pretty well this year for the Indians. I think he's he's gotten like 200 at-bats or so after, you know, missing some time early in the season. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, I think, about a league average hitter. Uh, and really with him and Kipnis, the Indians are really where it's at if you're a Jason these days. <laughs> Though of course the A's I, had the I'm, best Giambi, and Giambi is, I think, certainly the best Jason in baseball history. Did we? Well, have, yeah, we we must it. have looked at this. I, I don't, I don't. Is that true? Are there no like present Hall of Famer 
Giambis? Well, there's I no mean, one old. There were there were no Jasons until like 1970 or so. So any Jasons True, have been Jason, really in the last 25 years. So you've got Giambi, who's number one. I don't know. You've got Jason Bay, uh, Jason Baratek, uh, Kendall. Jason Kendall. Been stick with the catchers. Yeah, I mean Jason Kendall. Yeah. He he sort of gets overlooked. He he might be your second best Jason. But Kipnis, I'm telling you, he's coming up. He's he's been the, the Indians MVP. Castro, Jason Castro too. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and then uh and then of course uh Jason Hayward. Um yep. future six hundred home run hitter and Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good time for Jasons right now. Not a lot of Jason pitchers. Yeah, you got Jason Schmidt. He was good. There's he was an all star. Not a lot of pitching from the Jasons. Yeah, Marquis or Marquise or however you say his name. Yeah. There's Mott. Mott's got a good beard, if I remember right. Yes, he was in the booth last night. And whatever channel I was watching the Cardinals on, he for some reason came into the broadcast booth during like the seventh inning when it seemed like, shouldn't you be in the bullpen in case they need you? Is he? But I have to tell you. Oh, I don't know. He, you might be right. You are, yeah, because Mojica's closing for them. You're right. He was in full uniform. Oh, yeah. That threw me off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I know as a teacher, there's a website that I've shown my class. You can type in any name, and it will show you. I think it goes back to, like, 1880. It will show you how popular that name has been in the United States, or there's a couple dozen other countries. And, yeah, like I said, there were, like, no Jasons until about 1970, and then a ton of Jasons in the 70s and early 80s, and there are no Jasons anymore. So the players we're watching now, there aren't going to be a whole lot more Jasons coming in from from the looks of things. So we need to enjoy this era while it lasts. (laughs) Hayward and Kipnis, we need need long-storied careers from them. Um, I, I I have pulled up uh, the Jason disambiguation page on Wikipedia. For instance, I have learned that there's a Jason in North Carolina, not like a per- like a town named Jason in North Carolina. Um, it was yeah, incorporated I, I in 1885. I don't. Do you know anything? I don't. It's not like a biblical. I don't know where the name even came from. There's the, the guy well, there with was, the Argonaut. Yeah, there was the Greek. Uh, there was, let's see. It comes from Greek, yeah. It means healer. There we go. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I am, uh, yeah, I am, I am not much of a healer, either. Um, well, before we go, uh, what do you think happens this weekend? Or what do you? I mean, obviously, you're hoping for a sweep. I'm hoping for a sweep the other direction. Um, how are you feeling about this weekend? Does it feel like a big series to you? Uh, not. I don't think there's any particular team that that the A's would match up against where I'd say, well, this is a bigger series than the other one, um, because you know when it's like the A's have just played the Astros and they did not do well against the Astros. Right. But you go into a series against the Astros thinking they should sweep the Astros. That's just what you think when you play the Astros. Right. And, um, you know, against a good team, you kind of hope to do well. And, and so it just shifts your expectations. Um, but they all sort of feel like, like I always feel like they have to meet 
that expectation. It's just the expectation changes. Um, right. You know, I don't I don't expect them to sweep the Indians, uh, but uh, if I you know I sort of would hope that they could get two out of three, and if they don't get two out of three, well that's going to suck. But it's not going to suck any worse than if they'd gone two and one against the the Astros, um, which they didn't. They took right. one out of three from the Astros, which is horrifying. But I, I don't I don't like Friday's pitching matchup. I am not on the A.J. Griffin bandwagon, and I think Justin Masterson is the kind of guy who could just throw, like, you know, eight innings of 12 strikeouts against the A's, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel good about that. I feel much better about Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Masterson is I, – I mean, he's the Indians' ace, or if they have an ace. Uh, <laughs> you've got Ubaldo Jimenez coming at you on Saturday who – who seems to make most Indians fans just kind of hold their breath and hope for the best. Uh, last year, he was a total disaster. This year, he, he's actually been okay this year, which is a huge improvement, but uh, he doesn't inspire much confidence. And then Sunday, we've got Scott Casimir going, who, you know, talk about someone who's done more than you could have expected. Uh, and he was pitching really well after the All-Star break until his last start. And... Uh, but then they skipped him in the rotation. I think there's some sense after not playing a full season for like four years that he's running out of gas after throwing like 120 some innings now. And gosh, Bartolo Colon, former Indian, what what's gotten into him this year? Uh, drugs? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, uh, I think I, there's there's a way in which I think he's just figured out the magic secret of pitching, which is if you can locate your fastball, that's all you need to do. Because that's literally all he does is he locates his fastball. <laughs> and guys put it on the ground, and they put it weakly in the air, and that's what happens. He doesn't walk. He gives up a fair number of home runs, but there's never, you know, base runners on when he does that, right. so it doesn't end up hurting him. Um, I mean, the last two games, actually, his velocity has been quite a bit down, and he's kind of gotten hammered. So I, I think maybe what it's turning out to be is the secret is if you can locate a good fastball, um, then you're good. If you can locate a 91 fastball, you're, you're not going to do so well because any right. you know, major league hitters can hit a 91 fastball even when it's located. Um, when he's going 94 and he's locating, it's just not – you can't do anything with it. Um, so I, I, I honestly think that he, he and Sean Doolittle um, have just figured out pitching. Um, and that's that. Why are we? Why did we learn five pitches? Why did we need all this? Let's just go up there and throw fastballs, and it works. I don't understand. I don't understand why everybody doesn't just do this. I mean, Mariano Rivera's been doing it for twenty years, but nobody's bothered to copy him until Doolittle and, and Cologne decided to in the last two years. Well, Cologne I mean, picked a good time to figure it out. He turned picture. forty and is having his best year since probably since he was an Indian. I think it was. 2002 is when the Indians traded him that incredible trade. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they traded Cologne yeah, for Lee, Grady Sizemore, and Brandon Phillips. And, yeah, that was 2002. And, I, I mean, I just brought Cologne's page up, and depending on – if you want to look at, like, ERA+, plus, it's his best ERA+, plus since 2002. Yeah, I'm actually so, a little surprised. I, I, have a, I have this sense that he pitched better last year, but that's not true at all. He – has pitched, he's already thrown more innings this year than he did last year, and that, that surprises yeah. me. I remember him being he just, better, you know, he, but he, he pitched pretty well the last few years. It's, he, it's, 
been a while. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he was like uh, an adequate guy with the White Sox and the yeah. Yankees, and then he came to the A's. And, and the A's have also put a good defense in front of him. They're arguably the best defense in the league, and the park is just um, massive and has yeah, air that knocks him. down fly balls and has all that foul territory. It's just, you know, I, I cannot imagine wanting to pitch uh, anywhere else, out, you know, but Oakland as long as you can deal with the sewage problems in the clubhouse from time to time. <laughs> well, on that note, we're, we're running out of time, uh, but thanks a lot for joining me. And, yeah, uh, exactly. This is fun. Yeah, it was. And I uh, can't wish the A's good luck this weekend, but beyond this weekend, I hope that I'd, I'd be happy to see them win the division instead of the Rangers and then just have the Rangers fall out of the playoffs entirely. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm completely happy. I'd be happy with that. I, I would be. I mean, I, I don't I don't think I see it happening to the Tigers, but you know, no, I, I, don't I, would, I would rather see the Indians win than watch you know Verlander and all of them again. Uh, it seems now it kind of seems like we do this every year. As, as fun yeah. as that team is, um, I think the Indians can be a lot of fun too. All right, so each of us will wish luck beyond this weekend to the other's team. All right, well, again, thank you for joining me, and uh, let's do this again sometime. Thanks a lot, Jason. Yes, indeed. Yep. Okay, that was Jason. I'm not even going to try the last name. I meant to make him correct me on air, and he didn't. So Jason W., uh, who runs Beanball and also hosts the Back of the Bullpen podcast. Uh, the Indians after the off day today, they, they start the series in Oakland tomorrow night. Three big games with the A's. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of baseball left, but I think they need to win two or three because you fall four or five games out at this point with so many teams still in the race and it gets hard to overcome it. After that, the Indians go down the coast to Orange County for three games with the Angels, who have been a disappointment this year, but still have a lot of talent and just took two of three in Cleveland from the Indians. Um, the Indians can just get to September. The schedule really lightens up. Uh, the last 23 games, it's Mets, Royals, White Sox, Royals, Astros, White Sox, Twins. And, you know, the Royals are a decent team, but not great. And the Mets, White Sox, Astros, and Twins are, are bad teams. And uh, so I feel like if the Indians can get through the next, whatever that is, three weeks or so and still be within about three games, they've got a good chance. Uh, but for now, the focus needs to be on this weekend with the A's, and uh, hopefully the Tribe pull it off. And uh, I'll be back next week, and we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening.